Going Linux, episode 346, Listener Feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email at goinglinks at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hi, Bill. Hello, Larry. How are you today? All right, here we are on our new recording day. Um, yes. Yeah, so how are things going for you? Things are good. <laughs> on, the, Heather, on this wonderful Friday. Uh, well, I'm, I'm off on this wonderful Friday. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was a, it was a rough week at work, but it's all, it's pretty much over. Everything's cool. But I have to ask the minions for help. Oh, okay. What do you need? Okay, so I have an Alienware 17 R4. So um, it is the most troublesome computer to get Linux on hmm. and then to get it running. Uh, I have went through distro after distro after distro. Let me just top them off. Arch. OpenSUSE, Debian, plain Ubuntu, Ubuntu Mate, uh, Ubuntu Studio, Fedora, uh, Integra, Integros, I think mm-hmm. they say it. I even tried Pingai, and then I uh, did my uh, one of my favorites, PC Linux OS. Out of all those, um, and I tried Sabion too. Sabion didn't work. Fedora didn't work. Plain Jane um, Ubuntu didn't work. I couldn't get it to load. Okay. Tried everything. Googled it. Okay. Regular um, uh, Arch didn't work. Uh, Manjuro worked. locked up um pc Linux os i could i could get and i could install it and ubuntu studio i could get and install but i was wanting to really try an arch distribution so i try uh, the integros if i'm saying it wrong i'm sorry but it loaded up and it got to install but could the keyboard stopped working now, granted, you got to understand, I had a bunch of studio on it, and a bunch of studio works fine. But none of the arches, none of uh, the uh, uh, the uh, Red Hat ones would work, except for the um, the PC Linux OS. And I really wanted to try that uh, in uh, the Integros one really, really badly, 
and I battled it and battled it and battled it. It's something about this. I don't know, but it seems like some installers, because if they have, if they've tweaked install a little bit, it works. But even plain Jane Debian wouldn't work on it, and I don't know what it is. I've looked and looked. So anybody that uses Integros or Arch or Manjuro, uh, if they have any ideas, any hints about how to get it on the machine and work, please send us some <laughs> email because um, I sent you a, a, a message on Discord telling you that I had it had failed it and it, I had to go through all the whole boot manager thing again. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was horrible. But you know, a bunch of studio runs great. Not a problem. Um, you're, you're trying to dual boot this, right? With Ubuntu no. Studio? Oh, you're trying no. to replace Ubuntu Studio? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to replace Ubuntu Studio because I wanted to try the Arch. Uh, especially right. the... Uh, we, we've we've went done so many... Uh, most of the ones we, we recommend are Debian-based. There's nothing wrong with Ubuntu right. Studio. It's one of my favorites, along with PC Linux OS. Right. But... I wanted to broaden horizons and see if this uh, uh, these new arts like Manjuro and this Integros uh, would be a good for new users, and mm -hmm. uh, they seem uh, to to be pretty good. But I wanted to actually see it, and I was trying to uh, put together a show on you know installing first impressions. And man, I can't get it to install. You know, mm. I, I don't care about. The regular plain Jane Fedora because I I don't I wouldn't recommend that to uh, absolute beginner because of you know the the hassle it is to you know to get you know Skype and all that other stuff that you know, people need you know so um, if anybody has any ideas um, please send an email tell me I'm an idiot tell me what I did wrong you know anything but I don't know Larry. Uh, it's just, I think it's because it's the, uh, the Alienwares are so, uh, they're kind of geared toward gaming and they have some extra keys on the side. I don't know if it's yeah. a keyboard, uh, driver issue or it's still too new, but it's, you know, Alienware is owned by Dell. So you'd figure yeah. it would work. Have you tried the Dell support site? Yeah, I, I went through it. I did, uh. The Google search, the Bing search, the uh, DuckDuckGo search. I went to the forums. I mean, I've just – I can't find anybody hmm. – uh, I guess I'm the only weird person who wants to put you know, it on my machine instead of just using it as gaming. But uh, anyway. Yeah, and you, swi you switched off Secure Boot, right? Uh, yep. Well, I went uh, – I just uh, – well, I switched the boot mode from UEFI to Legacy. Uh -huh. Right. Okay. That's okay. step one. Yep. Uh, turn, secure, secure boot off. Mm -hmm. um, the um, set uh, legacy ROMs enabled. Mm -hmm. um, it said it, it that had to be enabled for it to for to boot. So I just you know left it because it kind of defaulted to that. Uh, boot order uh, would be. Uh, USB. Um, I have a rewritable USB drive. Sure. Uh, uh, I also tried using a 
uh, USB stick that I just finally gave up. I just burnt the CD, and it always works. Hmm. Um, then, it, then it would boot to uh, the hard drive, and then uh, and I think the others was you know look for the network to boot or whatever. Right, right. Um, but this is kind of that hybrid system. It has that that flash drive. It has that solid state drive, and then it has the one terabyte drive uh, spinning. Yeah. So, um, you know, trim was enabled on, uh, with the, uh, Ubuntu studio. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I found the commands for that and it, and it was enabled. So I, someone told me to turn off the trusted platform module that might be causing a problem. So I disabled that. Another one they said you can turn off is, uh, the trace route. Mm -hmm. uh, that's built into the chip. I guess that's for when you're in, you know, in large organizations. So I turned that off, and uh, the kind of interesting um, thing about uh, that is to get a bunch to any of these to really boot, you had to turn off. You had to uh, in in the boot menu ACPI. Or a yeah, I think that's for yeah. ACPI. I, I might it. be yep. getting it. And, uh, and then it would boot. But if you left it on, no, it would just stop. Hmm. And that was a suggestion too. So I don't know. <laughs> any? You have any ideas? I don't. Um, you know, I, I first of all, I'm not familiar with the Alienware uh, computers. Although they're made by Dell, they are different. You know, different hardware, different form yeah. factor. Um, and you've gone through all the things that I would think of. Well, let's let's see what our Minion network has to say. Uh, maybe somebody's actually done this. Uh, the only thing that I was thinking is that some of the um, some of the distributions have not gotten the install. Uh, I guess they used to call it a shim. I don't know whether they still do or not to make it uh, installable and bootable on UEFI, UEFI computers uh, that use UEFI rather than uh, BIOS. But since you put it into legacy mode, that shouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah, I so I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of at a, at a loss. And the, yeah, and the last thing... Um... That I also someone suggested uh, updating the BIOS to the, the current, which I did. Right. Okay. And uh, the so right now I'm running a dual boot Windows 10 and Ubuntu Studio, but mm -hmm. just to bring you know I know this having uh, the problems with um, this getting installed. So why would you bother? Well, apparently um, the um, Microsoft has released a new Windows 10 with a complete new features and everything. Mm -hmm. And my current Windows system, yeah, but this is only barely a year old. And it's and so just to kind of give everybody a uh, a chuckle is it says um the, the 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 new upgrade to the Windows 10, you know, the it's still they leave the name but it's a total rewrite according to the their website. It says your hardware is not supported on this version of Windows and computers listening. <laughs> Year old. Yeah. So, oh, great. So there's always problems, and and that's that's a major problem. 
um, I've read on their forums too is that you know because I was like well, I wonder what's wrong with my machine and they say oh you don't want to install those for you know, for about six months because they because uh, you'll have problems they have they have, they've been having problems with this install so I'm sitting there going okay so if you kind of look at it Microsoft a massive corporation that has people just you know paying these developers and they still can't uh, get it right so. I really don't. I really can't blame Linux. I've had some install, uh, some you know, trying to get installed. I mean, they have, pro they they're having problems with their system, and they have all these people being paid all this money to do it, and they can't do it. So, in a way, I think Linux is at least as good or better as far as you know driver support and stuff. I mean. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's something that's not even a year old, and they say, "Well, your hardware is not supported," and it's not um, this uh, exotic um, hardware. Is you know, it's Nvidia, uh, Nvidia video card, uh, Intel uh, motherboard uh, has a Western Digital drive. It has a Samsung <laughs> solid state drive. So I'm sitting there going, uh, I don't know. So. Anyway, if minions can help me, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave it in their hands for now. See if <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. All right. Well, shall All we right. get into our emails? Yes. Sorry for the rant, oh. guys. So help me out. <laughs> All right. Okay. Our first email is from Daniel, who is talking about Discord accessibility. Hello, one and all. Mumble's connection button cannot be clicked with Orca's review mode, no matter what I do. I am using Ubuntu 18.04. Any other voice chat program out there that is, is accessible? And by accessible, he's talking about accessible to a screen reader so that blind users can use it. I must report that Discord is not accessible at all. I got the word from the Discord help desk. So uh, it's really unfortunate that Discord is not accessible. And Bill, have you run across anything that is um, a voice uh, communication for Linux that would be accessible that you're aware of? Okay, so Discord isn't, and Skype's mm -hmm. not exactly that friendly either. No. Um, let's see. I've gone to the alternative to site and they talk about talks, T-O-X, but they don't I give any indication as to whether or not it's, it is, um, accessible. Uh, they talk about oh. Slack as an alternative to Skype. Well, that's not what he's looking for. Signal. I, I don't, I don't wire. know. Uh, it's, what about, uh, I don't know. Does, is Google Hangouts accessible? Google Hangouts is browser-based, and I would expect that as long as your browser is accessible, it would be. But I've seen some browser-based applications that don't conform to normal standards, like switching between buttons using the tab key and things like that. So I haven't tried it, but that yeah. might be an alternative for you, Daniel. So um, if, if anyone out there, again, Minion Network, if anyone has used anything for Linux that is a voice communication software for Linux or that works on Linux, uh, let us know. Yeah, we're putting the mini, the mini network to work this, this week. We sure Jeez. are. Okay. 
Our next email comes from George, and he asks for a book. Okay, he says, have you considered releasing one or more of your books for free, like the first one? I don't think I can afford to $10 for just one book. Also, the CC by 4.0 means that any commercial party would give away your books for free. Look at other licenses, and he gives the Creative Commons org at uh, their license page. It's in the show notes. And says, yep. sincerely, George. And for anybody that doesn't know, Larry's written how many books now? Two or three? Two. You've written two. And... So the first one, which I, I bought Larry, I still haven't mm-hmm. got it autographed. Um, I got that from what was uh, I got it from Amazon, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was uh, I enjoyed it. It's still, but I have it on my desk right now, and that was a it was a not not real thin, but it, it was a a smaller book. But your other book was is a considerably bigger, and it's in color and everything, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, and it's more than $10, but yeah. But it's also, I, I've looked at it while we were, uh, I haven't bought it yet, but I plan to. It's it's a lot thicker. It is, it is. It's got a few more pages. It's got a lot more information in it, and it's built from a, uh, built. <laughs> it's written from a uh, from the perspective of somebody using Ubuntu Mate 17.10. So you okay. can anticipate that we'll have an update, second edition in the works. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, available. And George, uh, one of the reasons I use the CC by 4.0 um, license, which is a Creative Commons license, is because it can be given away for free. It can also be uh, purchased. Um, And what I've done is if you want to get it through Amazon, if you want a print version, that has a price tag associated with it. But if you want um, an ebook version, you can purchase an ebook version from from Amazon. Or uh, for the first book, I put a link on the article in the website about the books. Uh, and if you just click on the the book cover, you know, there's a little graphic there with the book cover on it. Uh, if you just click on that, it will download a PDF version for free. Um, and I didn't have that link uh, on the second book. So, George, I sent you a link to download a copy of the second book, a PDF version of the second book for free. And uh, I also put a link on that webpage. We'll have a link in the show notes so that anyone can get a PDF version of that book for free. So you can get the book free. If you want, uh, you you want to use it on your Kindle uh, or other e-reader, you'll need to go and purchase it. Or if you want a paperback copy, you'll need to purchase that as well. But uh, I figured, hey, I can give away a PDF version for free. And George, you've got it. So let me. I want to touch on that for just a minute. I would yeah. say uh, your your books are more. Uh, I would call them a new user's technical manual, basically. Yeah, exactly. And technical manuals have always been more expensive. And uh, you know, uh, uh, well, I think your second book's what about twenty four, twenty five bucks, something like that. Yep. So, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I didn't even look at it, but. Uh, 
that's still pretty affordable. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I've spent um, when I just bought this new Python uh, coding book, you know, it was sixty nine dollars. Uh, yeah. And and so I'm not I'm not trying to say that that, uh, you know, it's uh, cheap because twenty five bucks is twenty five bucks. But technical manuals and books in general, because I buy, you know, 10, 12 books a year for something and uh, books are, are more expensive. So uh, I don't know. Larry. I, I would say I, I know you're not doing it for the money because we, we talked about it off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You just kind of did it for um, for the joy of it, and because you're not the, the uh, yeah. what are they what the what do they call it the royalties? We were laughing about uh, you might buy a cup of coffee in a year from Starbucks, you know, type of yep, thing. Exactly. Yes. So I mean, it's just you know, I think I, I, you did a good option. I, I I was reading while you were talking that CC by for. Uh, 4 and and that is a good license for what you want to do. I mean, you're you're, you're using an open source license and you do an open yep. source podcast, and there's nothing that says that you know if someone wants to buy a manual. Well, we can't give them uh, the materials for free. I mean, the PDF is there's no materials. You can print it out if you want, but you're using your own materials in. Right. But to get you know the book uh, published bound and sent out costs somebody some money so if you want it uh like i i want uh, a hard copy instead of going through a pdf and it's, and if you kind of look at it my time's you know, worth a lot more i don't want to print out you know 125 pages when i can just say hey here's your 20 bucks give some in my book type yep. of deal but yeah i i, I like to tell you i said i thought there was the first one was uh, really good and extremely affordable. Um, I just you gotta understand, you can get it for free, and then you can use read it on your your Kindle or tablet, or if you want a hard copy, you can get it. And you have to and it has you have to pay for it to cover the materials because I I think uh, when you when you submitted that didn't you tell me that they pretty much tell you what you have to list it for. Yeah, pretty much. So, and so and anyway. the $24, the way I came up with listing it for that price, and I certainly don't get all 24 of the dollars, mm-hmm. um, was, uh, you know, I, I made the first book as low cost as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one, I made it a price so that I would earn the same amount of commission in dollars. And because it's a bigger book, and since it's in color and the first one was not, Amazon wants you to list it for a higher price because it costs them more to print it. So, you know, the commission on the second book for me is the same as the commission on the first book. And it's, uh, it's gotta be a higher price because it's a bigger book and and better quality. So there you go. That's, that's the book. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, I think uh, that, but doing it the way you're doing it, it gives anybody that can afford it and they want a hard copy to get it, and people that say, "Hey, I I can't afford twenty bucks, but I really would be useful for me." They can go download right. it and look at it and uh, use it. So you're not excluding anybody. Everybody pretty much has access to it. You just have to cover the cost of printing if you want the hardback. 
Yep, exactly. And you okay. know, I it's in true open source spirit. I make it available for free, but I also you know ap- appreciate you purchasing the book if you you know want to want to support me and my efforts and my continued efforts in in authoring these books. So yeah, thank you if you've purchased the book. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Our next email is from Tom, who commented on our last episode. Great podcast episode, Larry and Bill. Best and probably most useful compare and contrast overview of Linux package tools for noobs I've yet encountered. Might have saved me a world of trouble had I heard about it year a year ago. Or maybe not. Takes a bit of repetition for the really important stuff to sink in sometimes. Along those lines, would you be so kind as to provide or publish the text of Deputy Chief Minion for Package Management Ken Laba's original submission? It's nice to have a stationary document to look at when you're consolidating information and trying things out. Thanks for all you do, championing freedom and fostering success in the land of Linux. What a tagline. Wow. <laughs> That's what we do here. We champion freedom and foster okay. success in the land of Linux. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Tom, um, let me ask Ken if he's okay with me taking his notes and publishing them as an article on our website, and then you'll have a, a written version. Uh, I think it's a good idea. Okay. Our next email comes from Highlander, and he gave us a, a tip on getting video working on Fedora 28 for a computer running Linux Mint 18. He writes, it took a lot of tinkering and fussing about to get it working, but by following this pattern, you will get your video card working in Fedora 28. 1. Install video card hardware into PCI slot. 2. Boot into Linux Mint 18. 3. Find the Fedora 28 ISO file on your hard drive. 4. Right-click on the Fedora 28 ISO, then click on Media Writer. In 5 minutes, you will have a USB bootable Fedora 28. From within Mint 18, use Gparted to nuke and pave the partition you want to use for Fedora 28. 6. Use the flash drive version of Fedora 28 to boot your computer. 7. Follow on-screen instructions for installing Fedora 28. 8. Shut down computer after installer completes. 9. Pull out the video card. 10. Boot off your hard drive into uh, Fedora 28 using VGA, not your video card. 11. Go to the website https.rpmfusion.org slash configuration to download and install your video drivers for Fedora 28 both the free and non-free drivers. 12, shut down the computer. 13, install video card hardware. And 14, boot into Fedora 28 off your hard drive with your video card. Okay, so that sounds like good advice. As long as you're not using a laptop where you can't remove the video <laughs> card. I um, think he was talking more about the, the uh, yeah, desktop. desktop but yeah, that's sure. actually... That's pretty clever. I didn't think about that. Yeah, just remove the uh, thing that gives you the problem on installing. <laughs> uh, get, the get the drivers, install the drivers, and then put the card back in. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That works. All right. Good. Thanks for well, the tips. Hey. Yeah, thanks, Highlander. Uh, Leonid asked about our opinions of several desktop environments. I like your podcast and have some questions for you. You always recommend... Ubuntu, Mate, for users, but I really would like you to ask your opinion about other desktop environments. 
Mate versus Gnome versus Cinnamon versus KDE. And also would like to hear your pros and cons for Ubuntu versus Linux Mint versus Fedora versus OpenSUSE. Okay, Leonid, we will uh, we'll take a look at doing just that. It sounds like uh, that's an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. If if we can get those uh, distributions installed on your computer, Bill, we might be able to do that. <laughs> okay, I will say uh, I know Larry likes Ubuntu Mate. I do, and, and he's okay with GNOME. Uh, I like uh, Mate uh, and Cinnamon, and I like Cinnamon. Yep. The uh, and this is a caveat. I like. The PC Linux version of KDE, and that's about the only one I do like, because hmm. they do 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 little things and how they set it up. Okay, but I think we should make that a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, bottom line <laughs> on our recommendation <laughs> is use what you like, because each of these desktops is implemented differently in different distributions. So yes. if you want to try it, you can fiddle around, you know, install whatever you want for a distribution and then you can install the desktops and you can fiddle with them. And if you want to spend the time to learn all the ins and the outs of something as complex as KDE, then great. Uh, But if you want to try out different, as they advertise it, sane choices for how these things are configured out of the box, you could try multiple uh, distributions, maybe in a virtual machine or something and give them a try. So, you know, that's just some general recommendations for people wanting to try them out. Okay. All right. Yoren uh, provided some advice on Garmin GPS. I remember uh, we had a listener asking about the Garmin Etrex. Let's see what Yoren has to say. Hello, I'm writing regarding the question about Yarm- the Garmin Etrex 10 in your recent episode. While I have to admit I never achieved formal minion status, possibly because I never applied, I still have <laughs> some information to share. I have two I have used two Garmin Etrex devices, Legend HCX and 30X. I've used them mainly for geocaching. To add caches to the older legend model, I use GPS Babel which I'm assuming is a package or software plugin or something, which talks to the device via a TTY device, which gets created when I connect via USB. With the newer 30X, I mount it as a mass memory storage device and just copy the GPX file to it. To get current maps, I use OpenStreetMap. To install maps, I use the mass memory interface, still over USB, for both devices. Details on how to do that can be found at um, it's an OpenStreetMap link. We'll include it in the show notes. Uh, I'm not sure if the Model 10 supports additional maps, though. So, both these devices work fine under Linux, at least everything I have tried. I have no direct experience with the Etrex 10, but I would expect it to be similar to 30X. They are from the same generation, while the Legend model is older. Interesting. Well, thanks, Joran. That's uh, good advice and way more than I knew about Garmin's <laughs> GPS yeah. devices. Cool. So, good. Thank you. And I bestow honorary minion there. Yes, of course. No, no, yeah. 
You didn't have to apply. No application You wrote in, necessary. so you're automatically a minion. So anyway, our next email comes from Rick, and he provides some help for Mike the Blind Guy. Hi, I just heard podcast 344, and I heard the very long email from the English blind guy called Mike. I am a going Linux user, so I know how to dual boot single Linux OS, and I don't understand why Mike needed to buy a special non-Windows laptop. I'd go for a second-hand laptop and run the Linux Mint or Mate uh, or Mate loader. If Mike wants a dual boot or a Linux only, the loader will do this job for him as the G-Parted app will tramp over whatever is there, but he would have to have a sighted person to set it up for him. As he is UK-based, as I am, would you like to send my email address to Mike as I may be able to help him set up a laptop for his use? Kind regards, Rick. Okay, thanks, Rick, yeah. for the offer. Yeah, Rick, that's that's great. Um, you know, the UK is uh, not as big a company country as the United States, but it is a big country. So hopefully you're in somewhere <laughs> near him making this offer. But uh, I will uh, forward on your email address to to Mike and uh, see where it goes from there. Let us know. We appreciate yes, it. Thanks. Okay, Matthias provides some advice for Joshua. Hi, Larry and Bill, longtime listener. With regards to Joshua's emails about files being owned by root in his home directory, I find that one situation in which those files can be created is when you copy and paste commands from the internets that start with sudo. While it is true that some programs and services run as root, even if or when they do, they should not be writing files to your home folder. They should use files from the rest of the system's file tree, like slash etc directory. But if you run commands as sudo, any files they create based on the current environment might land in your home folder, but owned by root, as that was the actual user that created them. On the same vein, file permissions don't work exactly as Joshua described in his email either. They are more like a sieve or filter. When a program tries to perform an operation on a file, the operating system, technically the driver for the file system, will check against all permissions on that file and actually all folders in its path as well to verify if the operation is allowed. If the other permissions allow the operation, it will be allowed no matter what the other two permissions are set to. If it is not allowed by that, then group and owner permissions are checked. The actual implementation uses all present permissions to calculate a mask, tech lingo for a filter, on which to compare each operation. And that mask can be changed as well. That is what the unmask option for mount does. Adds or remove default permissions on the system. Keep up the good work, Matias from Argentina. P.S. I hope you consider this email as an application for any Minion Network internship that may be available. <laughs> Another application. <laughs> we have internships? Matias, yes. Um, yeah, I don't think we have Minion interns. Should we? <laughs> uh, no, well. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, I'm unpaid so we'd have to yeah well you're a you're a co-host though come on yeah but so do we have any unpaid uh internships <laughs> i don't I want to affect my don't paycheck. know uh, 
Oh. I hadn't thought about it. We'll consider it, Matthias. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll consider it. We'll name the honorary minion until we get you, we set up your internship. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> See, I made that executive decision. Yes. So our next email comes from Daniel. Daniel is right is is trying to write a disc. He writes, "Hello, everyone. I have Ubuntu 18.04 and and thought of trying." Mate. So I downloaded Ubuntu Mate 18.04, then read How to Burn to DVD. When I right-clicked on the ISO, there was no write-to-disk option. I could open with the Image Writer. But when doing so, Image Writer would have been able to write this to the hard drive, but the DVD was not one of the choices listed. Yes, yeah. Yet, the blank DVD is listed on the desktop. Is there something else I should do? Okay, so, Larry, is he using a Linux? Because if this is Linux, I can I tell him the program that will that will work for him. And it's called Bracero. Right, exactly. And he is using Linux. He said he was using Ubuntu 18.04. And here's the problem that he's running into. Uh, the instructions on the Ubuntu website are for 16.04 before ah. they changed to GNOME 3. And there was a right-click on an ISO image, and it would give you um, a menu option to write to, write to disk, right from that menu. Mm -hmm. With 18.04, they went to GNOME 3, and that option is not in the right-click menu, the context menu. Ah. So if you search further on the Ubuntu website, there are some instructions on how to burn a disk from 18.04, and they request that you install an application like Bracero and use it to burn the DVD. So there you go. Um, just what you were suggesting, Bill. And it's just a, it's just a matter of finding it uh on their website we'll have a link in the show notes i sent the link to to uh, uh daniel so he's all ready to go yeah you can find it in repositories it works really great i use it all the time as you uh if you listen to the, the start of this podcast you'll realize so uh <laughs> um let us know if that uh you get to get it installed and how that procedure worked for you yeah thanks daniel thanks daniel our last email comes from Aaron, who comments on installing software. I really enjoy the episode about software using app or app get and graphical interfaces. I've been using Linux for quite a few years. To tell you that I am an expert is wrong. I do everything possible to avoid using the command line. The first thing I do when installing a new distro is install Synaptic. As you can tell, I avoid RPM distros. I've been using and trying different types of Linux for quite a few years. And because of the early years of RPM, and if you remember the expression RPM H asterisk LL, <laughs> I avoid distros like Fedora. Is it possible to get PTSD from using RPM? Uh, question, are some distros harder to put on a thumb drive than others? Struggling with Linhes, L-I-N-H-E-S, a great Myth TV distro based on Arch. Um, I don't know whether some distros are harder to put on USB thumb drives than others. Depends on the size of the drive. Some, some are bigger than others and won't fit on a, on a two gig drive as most distros used to. Uh, you may have to go to a four, 
uh, for most uh, distros that uh, come with uh, lots of different software packages, but the process is the same regardless of what the distro is. Yeah, I'm with you on the RPMs. They don't like me. Uh, and PTSD. I think I got a few of that with uh, Fedora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. seriously. Uh, some people swear by RPMs. Other people like Debs. Uh, so other people like uh, the Arch-based stuff. So anyway, I guess each their own. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Some people swear by them and some people swear at them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, to each their own, as you said, Bill. And yeah, good luck with the installation. I don't think there are any tricks to installing one distribution versus another. If you can download an ISO image, you should be able to use um, a program to install the, the distribution onto a, a thumb drive of adequate size. And you can use, if you're on a uh, Debian-based distribution, you can use the disks application that comes with most Debian distributions. You can use uh, disk writer software like Bracero. You can use the startup disk creator or, um, you know, an application name, something similar to that. Uh, provided by your distribution. I know Mint provides that. Uh, Ubuntu Mate provides that. Um, Ubuntu, I think, has something similar. Uh, and uh, Yeah, yeah. Unit Debutin is another one that you can use. So a number of different ways to get it done. But I think if you've got an ISO image, it doesn't matter what the ISO image is. It, it installs to a thumb drive exactly the same way. Yep. All right. So... All right. And I think now that is the end of our episodes, uh, or at least the end of our emails. So yes. that, I guess, means it's the end of the episode. Uh, I know, Bill, we had planned on talking about your installation of another distribution on our next episode. But given your problems with your, your laptop there, that's probably not going to happen, right? It might. We don't know. Uh, well, I'll yeah. let you know if uh, if I've got anything figured out. I'm still researching. It's more like a challenge now. So I'm trying to decide yeah. is it more stubborn than I am. And I think the consensus was I'm more stubborn. So I'm going <laughs> to work on it today on my day off because uh, that's what I do. Okay. Well, um, well, we'll look forward to that. And if it doesn't happen, we have at least one more minion provided uh, content episode content that we could use. Um, and we have plenty of things to talk about. I mean, we had the suggestion on talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mate versus Gnome versus KDE versus Cinnamon. Uh, we can do that. Uh, lots, lots of different ideas. So we'll, we'll take it one step at a time and, uh, keep it a surprise as always for our next episode. How's that? (laughs) Sounds like a plan. So until, until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. If you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73.
Theme music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.